Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. On today's show, I have Deirdre Fay, author of the book, Becoming Self-Embodied. She has worked in a yoga ashram, studied trauma, is a trainer for sensory motor psychotherapy, is certified in the internal family systems model, is a certified mindful self-compassion teacher and is trained in compassion focus therapy, life force yoga, Shima focused therapy, emotionally focused therapy, accelerated experiential dynamic psychotherapy, self-awakening yoga, and so much more. Now let's hear how Deirdre Fay found her own path to healing from trauma and how she has turned this into her life's work. Amazing. Let's find out. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back any time you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. Thank you to our sponsor today, Kim Leng Leng Author. Kim Leng Leng is a published author and has been writing for 17 years. She knows how to weave words together to make a story sing. As a freelance writer and ghostwriter, she can help you to get your words ready to be sent out into the world. Get in touch with her by visiting kimlenglengauthor.com today. Hello, Deirdre. A big warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Trials podcast. I am so happy to have you on as a featured guest today. Now, I found you through another podcast that I love, Money Mindset with Gul Khan. And when I heard you talking about the work that you do and the journey you have been on in your life, I knew what a valuable guest you would be for the listeners of this podcast. This podcast provides a safe space for victims and survivors of abuse to listen in and find help with the challenges that they face. Trauma being something that every victim and survivor has experienced and knowing your vast amount of experience in this area was the reason I invited you to be here today. We've just heard an extensive list of qualifications and experience which you have that I highlighted in the intro, which lets us know that you are very passionate about the work that you are doing in this field. So Deirdre, can we just start with you telling us a bit about yourself and how you came to be doing the work that you are doing now? Just tell us about your journey, please. Well, I wish I had a simple version. Um, I think it was only in retrospect that I realized how dissociated I was in my early years. And when I went uh, somewhere in my 20s, later 20s, I went and lived in a yoga ashram and it was a very safe place to live. And in that environment, 
I was uh, working out a lot in my body fully, running, swimming, training for triathlons. Um, I was uh, teaching a lot in front of large audiences. And yet somewhere in there, I did a workshop. And in that workshop, these memories came up of uh, trauma that I didn't even know I had. Mm. And I went from being able to be so active and fully in my body to not wanting to do anything, wanting to hide all the time, wanting to disappear. And it started making sense then as I got into therapy and started putting the pieces together. And I thought, boy, was I like there was nobody home before. And I had to figure out how, how to do that. And that was really about the, it was in the 80s. So that was when uh, the, the trauma field was only just beginning with uh, Bessel's work and Jim Chu. And uh, so at that point, I started just trying to put the pieces together in my own way and figure out well, what happened and why did the ancient wisdom tradition say you could you know live in your body so easily and be that be the temple for the soul and i was like i did not feel like i was living in a safe place inside or and it's certainly not a temple but i had you know so i how did i put the pieces back together again and so that's what i started to do and read uh, the, the ancient texts and then I went to school I got a social work degree and even there I don't remember having much at that time there wasn't a course on trauma I don't remember much of that uh, but when I left I, one of my internships was in one of the major uh, Boston U.S. Uh, teaching hospitals and they heard that I had lived in an ashram. So they asked me to teach yoga and meditation to the trauma survivors, the dissociative unit at the hospital. Uh, you know, I wasn't getting paid for it. It was after hours, it was at night, but I really wanted to give back because, you know, I, I knew what had helped me and I had begun to put some of the pieces together. And so I did. And oh, was so precious that time to just be with people and help them begin to recognize what was going on and slow down and begin to put some of the their own pieces together and it was during that time that Bessel van der Kolk heard about the work that I was doing and so invited me to come and join his team so I did and that was really where I got my major learning about trauma I'm working with trauma and all the dissociative spectrum that's there. And uh, I started with a group, uh, teaching a group and saying, well, what, um, what could I do to help? How could I make this a really uh, manageable step-by-step -step process? And that was really the genesis of the book, Becoming Safely Embodied, because I started doing it there. And then I... Uh, left and I was in my private practice so I took the group into my private practice and doing it for I think I started out with 10 weeks and then people wanted more so 16 weeks and then 24 weeks and then people wanted more so I did another year and during that time my colleague Janina Fisher 
was sending her people to the groups and they were getting better faster. And she was like, what are you doing? And so she started actually coming and uh, training and doing co-leading the groups with me. And uh, at one point we had like three years of groups multiple times a week going on, just uh, these people just getting the help. And that was what was so fulfilling and satisfying. So then we, um, uh, we stopped at some point. I think Janina's career really took off and uh, I, we were both teaching for sensory motor psychotherapy. Uh, we, uh, but then somewhere in there, I just started doing this more and wanting to reach more people, wanting to help more people. So I put it online and that's, I think, and then of course COVID happened, but we started putting them online about 10 years before uh, so that's been the great benefit in building a community we call the safely embodied learning community for people to practice because as you know so well it's not a one and done thing it's mm -hmm. it's a lifetime it's really a, a lifestyle of not being victimized by our own history so that's been the the gift and the older I get the more I'm like well this was this was a great way to have uh, fulfilled a purpose of my life is, you know, the, the crummy things happened to me, but that I could turn that into something that could support other people. That's been the, the gift. That's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I'm no stranger to trauma and, um, and, you know, I did receive a diagnosis of PTSD as a result of the experiences that I had when I was caught in a cycle of abuse. And I know for myself how I, it has been a journey and I can see, you know, from going back to that time when I was, all the trauma was fresh and I was very raw um, and I had to learn how to how to deal with that trauma because you know you still need to be able to fulfill your responsibilities in life, even though it can be crippling for people. Yes. And I think you know this is where what you are doing is such a liberating thing for people because. People can literally go from having their lives stolen from them by the trauma of their experiences to being able to live life fully again. And as you say, with that feeling safely embodied, to be able to then start to live more openly, to be able to explore open your mind to possibilities whereas trauma is just makes everything constrict because you just want to protect yourself and keep yourself safe and so you'd rather not take risks than you know take a risk and be hurt more than what you already have been hurt so yeah I just um I think it's absolutely wonderful how you've been on this journey from a place where you experienced that um, 
that crippling experience of what trauma does to you, where it stops you in your tracks. And you were such a high achiever at that time when trauma got a hold of you. And that's the way I see trauma. Trauma just has this, you know, can have this grip on you and can just hold you in this place of being very, very stuck and held back in your life. And, you you know, for somebody who was such a high achiever as you were where you were training for triathlons and you you know you were a very fit and healthy person and then to have something you know I would say say you were one of those people that were pretty unstoppable really when trauma came knocking on your door and you know what how did you unpack that at first when it first happened to you you know from being that huge contrast gosh that's you know I haven't really dug deep into those memories in a long time I can't it's hard to remember I I remember being just uh completely flattened by it and I think that one of the things that working with my clients over the years is Yes, it is crippling, but we can't let it cripple us. You know, that, that so many people want to just stop and do their healing and not engage with life. And my point of view is that you need to have an external structure that can hold you so that, yes, you can dip in and do the healing, but that your structure is mostly about um, being in life. Because otherwise, what happens in our brain is that we just get caught in those old memories and the hurt of it and the wounding of it. And we start cycling in that and it makes it harder and harder to switch gears. So the more that we are actually doing our daily life and living in the structure of our daily life, then we can pause, go in, do a piece of work and come out and uh, and do the rest of our life. And, you know, in the, the we, we to think about it in the trauma treatment as that stabilization period. And that's so important. And I think about it too, in terms of the work that John Gottman, who's a couples researcher does, he, he takes couples into what he calls a love lab. And he's, uh, which is just a room when they observe them for 24 hours, they put all these, um, these things on them and the physiological testing of it and coding of their behaviors. And what they discovered is that a couple does is bound for divorce and bound for rupture. If they don't have enough positivity around them, if they don't have um, good things happen as to buffer the one bad thing and the ratio they came up with is that for every one bad thing that happened, small, slight little hurt in a couple, they needed five good things to buffer that. And I think about that for ourselves, you know, the, you know, our negative self-talk is I'm just a blah, blah, blah. If we say that once, how many good things are we saying to buffer that? And most of us don't have that. So it's building that kind of uh, process and ratio in just in our own internal self and in our external world. So if I'm 
I mean, this still happens when I get triggered by something. I have to know that am I, how much am I just diving in and swirling in that? And can I hold myself in a greater space or else I drowned? This is true for all of us. And over the years, what I've really come to see from the attachment research is that our trauma happens so that we can find another way out. If we had a good, solid, secure internal support system, we would have had that buffer system in place so that, that when that crummy thing happened, we would have people to turn to, structures to turn to that could hold us and help us reorient. And so the, the real trauma is that we then perpetuate that inside ourselves. And that is, that, that's so sad because we, we miss you. You know, we miss everybody. We miss the gift that you are and everybody is unique and special. And that's what's to be joyously revealed. But it doesn't feel that way when, especially with domestic violence where somebody out there is so reinforcing the negativity. It's like a barrage. It's hard to then hold on to that that truth or reality that we are a good person and that there's somebody there to love. It's a, it's a tragedy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I've um, just done an episode on gaslighting and I don't know whether you know yeah. much yeah, about gaslighting, but it's a huge part of this coercive control is a huge part of psychological abuse and emotional abuse and you know what it does to a person is it makes them second guess themselves it they no longer have that sort of self-assurance you know that confidence in themselves or in their judgment or in their abilities and um, it's all about disempowerment and mm -hmm. that makes you know this need to be able to engage in taking responsibility for your like healing and recovery um, it makes it really challenging because you know you need to first start seeing yourself as being able to go through this process and that's a, a real challenge when you've had the stuffing knocked out of you so to speak you know so but you've said so many amazing things I, I really loved and appreciated what you said about um the when something negative is coming up for us because we I think women have a very good knack of um, putting themselves down um, because they've got these high expectations of what they could and should be and what they could and should do and um, and so that sort of leaves a nice big open door for for negative self-talk to come in and I know for myself that I've really had to grow in an awareness of that when it's happening and I need to then say well no that's you know I need to cancel that negative thought out and as you say replace it with something positive about well you know 
no, I don't know how to do that, but that doesn't make me stupid. It just means that I'm going to learn how to do that thing that I don't know how to do. So I'm just using that as an example, but I really loved that you said that and how, how we need to actually not just say one thing because, you know, that negative thing holds like this heavy weight, whereas the positive things just seem to float off. <laughs> into the ether they're gone (laughs) but we still hold on to this the heaviness of this negativity and I totally get that on the scales that you really need to to weight it down with lots of positivity to actually bring that back into balance again so that was that was a real you know I'll add to that Sandy that it's not just about the positivity. It, you know, in the model that I've created, it's when we get triggered, the trigger is there because there's some unmet emotional, psychological attachment need that we didn't get. So if I didn't feel like I was, I don't feel safe enough. I don't feel like I belong. I feel like uh, something's wrong with me. What, is, what do I need? You know, what do I need? And I think of it that there are seven basic fundamental attachment needs that we all have that are part of just being a human being. And they are to feel safe, physically, emotionally, uh, energetically safe, to belong to a group of people, to be reassured, to have somebody attuned to us and know that there's an inner being in there that we can be connected in that way, to uh, be delighted in, to be able to have uh, guidance and mentoring or to have uh, reassurance and support on how to take the steps and take apart a big task and make it smaller, to deal with conflict, uh, to be able to learn that you don't have to take everything personally and that life, you can be fluid and flexible. And when though, what our triggers do is just point us to what we need. <clears throat> but if we haven't been, if nobody validated growing up or made us wrong for having those needs then we are ashamed of them and we shut them down but all of us need to be loved every single one of us needs to be loved and cared about and seen and valued and respected and so if we what happens is if we're triggered we can begin to say so what do i need right now and instead of freaking out about it be able to mirror that and say yes I do need that and validate and realize like wow this is so intense and then reassure ourselves then we can start making the changes so that uh, having that as a basis is so important so it's not just a cognitive on being positive it's like okay so what do I need here and how do I get that and in some ways this came from um, a relationship that I was in for many years that, yeah, I would say it's an abusive relationship. It took me a long time to realize that it was. And yet I stayed in it because I wanted to see how do I get out of it? I don't want to repeat this pattern that I'm in. And in it, I began to see, so if somebody is just telling me that I'm no good, what do I need? I need to know that I'm good. Of course, like who doesn't? Like that's a normal, natural need. So then I had to begin to look at, well, what would that look like, feel like, taste like, smell like? How would I orient to that? I was so used to oriented. My father was Irish Catholic and 
there's good qualities of being Irish Catholic, but there's a lot of downside to it. And so I was, I had that whole experience of feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm never good enough. I'm not right. I'm not, uh, and so the relationship just built on that, you know, treacherous ground. And I had to learn how to build that self inside that could say like, I am good. I have something to offer. I am valuable. And how do I begin to orient in that direction instead of just the natural propensity to orient toward the old negative imprint? There's a lot of science around that that I could go into, but that's what happens. We have to change that internal representation so that we can have a different experience in our world. And that is absolutely possible to do. Yeah, I think that um, I'd love to know, you know, more about, I think probably, you know, for the listeners, you know, what would be a good starting place for them coming from a place of trauma? Well, I guess I would self-promote here and say that my book is one of the best things because what I hear from people is it does two major things. It slows people down so that they, instead of that rush of getting caught in the trauma vortex, they can actually slow it down and break it apart and see how they can orient in a different way. And to me, that's key. That's, that's what makes the difference. Uh, that's the that's the foundational building blocks. Yeah, I like that you said that. I think that that's been one of the um, big lessons that I've needed to learn along the way. Um, because when you're uh, when you're in a hyper vigilant state, you know you're you're running on adrenaline all the time, and so you're in this kind of hyper mode. And you're doing and you're doing and you're doing and it's quite frenetic, the pace that you're going at. And um, and so that's had, I've needed to really consciously slow my life down to make space for myself to find my place of calm, you know, <laughs> just right. um, it's there, you know, sit, sit in that calm and, and with that calm, then that gives me an awareness. And if I, if I don't allow myself to slow down, then I lose my sense of awareness about, you know, what I need in those moments where um, things might crop up and it's time for me to actually pay attention and say and make a choice in that moment rather than getting caught in being a victim of circumstance and being in that kind of reactive you know 100% reactive state so yeah it's a really really um important I think a really important tool to to use is to just slow down so yeah I I incorporate things like you know I, walking is really good for me to help me to to calm myself and just go at a, a normal pace rather than being too harried and yeah yeah so um and meditation too i love love meditation you know what i'd also add sandy is that the gift that your podcast is 
is that your presence is so, there's a goodness that comes through and there's a calmness in your voice. And so much of that translates underneath the, the words, the words are important, but when somebody's listening to you and to your podcast, they're going to be attuning at that level that their body can begin regulating. And that's, if we think about it at, at the five to one ratio, that you're providing that, that uh, psychic energetic uh, field and somebody can sink into that. And what's important then is say, that's what my body is looking for and to tra- tra- train the body, mind and heart. That's what's, that's what's normal. That's what I want. So that when there's a disruption, you can be like, wow, that's a disruption. That's not what I want. I want this. And to really marinate in it, to savor, to sink into it. And I've had people say to me that they have taken courses of mine less even for the content, but to just listen to it. Somebody said every night they listen to it before they went to bed. And that's what put them to sleep. It's like, oh, and that's what's so important in what you're doing, not just the contribution of the content. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, that's a lovely, lovely thing for you to say. And, you know, I hope that there is value in in that for people. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm loving it. I just wanted to ask you a few questions. Um, Now, just as the listeners have experienced trauma can you talk a little bit a bit about what they can do to start to take back control of their lives because we talked earlier about how um how trauma can take a hold on people and on their lives can you suggest i know you've already talked about um you know staying engaged in normal life as much as possible and then allowing space for for healing work to come in as well is there any other key elements there that are really important to that recovery path that's such a good question i'd say one of the essential things to realize and I just dealt with this with a client yesterday who's really been on the path for a long time and done a lot of healing and changed her life and yet when it triggers as it does for all of us we get caught up in the past and we think that this emotional reality that we're having in this moment is about this moment and it is to some degree that's why it's so confusing but the, uh, the charge of it is really about the past. And the, the people I see do the best when they can separate that and realize like, oh my God, that's how bad it was back then. That this emotional explosion going on in me is really, is, is grounded in the past. And I'm feeling it so much now as a way to digest and integrate the experience. But if I make it all about right now, I start fighting in the present moment, the fight that needs to be completed in the past. And it's a mind 
skew for mm-hmm. lack of another word that it's so crazy making but we have to create those time zones inside of us and realize that we are living in a different time zone and have those traumatized parts look out of our eyes now even if we're in a crummy situation right now is to be able to find places to to go on a walk maybe and see oh here's a difference like this is what I'm creating for myself here I can see something I can hear something different I can listen to Sandy's podcast as a reminder of something that's so important because when we conflate those two realities that's where I feel like people are doomed yeah I I just know what you're talking about from experience, Deirdre. I just know about those triggers and I know the listeners will know exactly what you're talking about when you talk about those triggers and the charge. It's such a great way of describing it because, yes, the trigger is there and, you know, you don't expect it to have that kind of charge in that moment. Like, you know, oh, yeah, that's, you know, like, yeah, it's understandable that I'm going to be triggered by, you know, that thing happening, but you don't understand where the ferocity of that charge is coming from. And that's a great, you know, illustration to say that this is this is what's coming from your past. And, and you know, I, I have seen myself, improve so much with some of my triggers with an awareness of that and with an awareness yes that's a trigger and yes this charge that you're talking about is coming from my past and to be able to tell myself I'm no longer in my past you know I am free from that now this is no longer my reality you know I have control back over my life I am in charge of my life I am safe you know I need to reassure myself of all of those things in those moments where I get triggered so that I can respond to the situation more rationally (laughs) right what I say to people and it's been very helpful to people is if it's this bad now imagine how it was back then when you didn't have the cognitive capacity you didn't have the brain development you didn't have the self-development in any way that's why it's so intense because you're feeling it as if it's happening in the past yeah and we're so driven by our emotions so yeah can you please tell us just what is one of the biggest misconceptions that you have seen that people have about trauma in your time working in this area you know what flashed in my mind is when I first started this and I think it's changed now but when I first started Uh, I can remember a clinician saying to me that she couldn't refer clients to me because I was very open about having a trauma history. And she said, well, I can't trust that if I send somebody to you that you won't get triggered. And it's like, what? Like, whoa, you know? Um, So I think that, I think that has really changed in the field that we recognize that people 
are highly capable and they might have a trauma history. Uh, and so I feel like this, the beautiful thing is that there's more and more acceptance and awareness and understanding and the pandemic has brought that to light hugely. So I think that one, I think is uh, uh, a strong one. And the other piece of it is that I think we're really beginning to realize that that's difference between the present moment and the past. Another one that I can think of is that how we can use uh, the concentration practices. I mean, mindfulness is a huge thing, but mindfulness is good on many ways, but the more we drop into mindfulness, the more stuff comes up. So being able to concentrate and focus and train our mind to go in one direction instead of all the different directions is really helpful. So I think that as we rewire what we know about meditation, I think that will make a, a huge impact for people and change and make, make a difference for people. Brilliant. Well, I hope that, you know, with the things that the listeners have heard from you today, that they will be encouraged to explore some healing with the trauma that they've been through that they won't see themselves as being so broken but as being able to heal and recover and you know create a beautiful life for themselves in spite of the trauma that they've been through and that was you know just from that misconception that first misconception that you shared that's what I I gained from that is that this this terrible um yeah misconception with uh mental health that if somebody has an issue with mental health that they're broken <laughs> and that's that's not the case it just means that they need some support and they need some understanding and they need to be able to address their needs and uh, and to tap into the right support to help them with whatever their challenge is we don't give up on people because they've got a physical illness so why are you going to give up on somebody and say they're broken because they've experienced something which has affected their you know their mental illness for a time so it's um it's been absolutely wonderful talking to you before we go can you please 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 share your links so that the listeners can find you oh i'd love to uh, the probably the thing i'd like to offer people which is a free pdf is called uh the safe guide and you can get it at dfa dfay dot com forward slash safe guide s-a-f-e guide and uh, it, you know i give a ton of information there about how, what people can use and how they can do it so you know please take advantage of that and that gets you on my mailing list but you can always unsubscribe if my mailing list isn't helpful to you Beautiful. And I will include that link in the episode notes so that people can find you nice and easily. Now, for the final question, because this podcast is the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does this title mean to you? Well, I thought about that when you first contacted me. And I think it is that process of moving through life 
and coming out the other side and, and realizing that there's a, there's a world that's waiting and it's a world of love and care and acceptance and belongingness. And I want that for every one of your listeners, every single one of us, you know, that there, we do not have to stay stuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd like to leave the listeners with a thought I would like you to start reconnecting with who you are today. Start embracing yourself as you allow yourself time to heal. Start accepting and loving yourself just as you are. Just start. Thank you so much, Deirdre, for being on the show. It's been my pleasure. And thank you so much, Sandy, for doing what you're doing in the world. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with the amazing Deirdre Fay. I just think she's so wonderful and so full of wisdom. So I would just like to leave you now with the top tips from today's episode, of which there are a few. Number one, the thing about trauma is it can make you want to disappear from yourself and your internal pain and from others and from life. Number two, when we are feeling traumatized, we no longer feel safe inside ourselves. Number three, trauma causes disconnection and disassociation. Number four, trauma is not a one and done thing. It is a part of your life, a part of your journey. Number five, I just love this point. So I want you to please listen very carefully. Getting the right support can help us to stop being victimized by our own history. What this means is that you can get out of victim mode or victim mentality and you might still be triggered by your trauma leading you to still feel victimized by your history with the experiences you have had which caused the trauma but once you have an understanding that when you are on a recovery path that you become better supported and better equipped to stop being victimized by those experiences when triggers occur, which really supports you in getting out of victim mode and out of that victim mentality. Just having that awareness is so empowering. Okay, number six, although trauma is crippling, we can't let it cripple us. Number seven, the more that you are able to go about daily life, despite you feeling like just withdrawing, the less you will fall into unhealthy mind loops. We can pause and do the healing work in the midst of the rest of life. Number eight, this is a really good tip, okay? I really want you to listen to this one too. Use five times as many positive affirmations or affirming activities to every bit of negative self-talk or negative challenge you are experiencing. Now, I'm not 
saying that you'll do this all the time or that this is going to come easily, but the weight of negativity is exactly that. It's a weight. And the weight of positivity, when you think of it energetically, positivity is very, it makes you feel light and bright and negativity makes you feel dark and heavy. And so this is why it takes five times as many positive things for this to cancel out that negative thing which just holds this weight. So it's really good having that understanding. I, I actually really love that and I would love you to, to try that and see how it helps. Okay, number nine, when you experience trauma, you can fall into a well with seemingly no way out until someone comes along and helps pull us out of that well. I love this analogy because it shows how easy it is for us to fall into the depths of despair in our human frailty. And it also shows that at these times, it is perfectly understandable to need someone else to help pull us up and out of the depths of despair. These are the times in our lives where it is the right time to call for help. Okay, number 10, the trigger is there because there is some emotional or psychological need that we didn't get met. Number 11, there are fundamental attachment needs that we need as human beings. They are to feel safe physically, emotionally and energetically and to belong to a group of people so what our triggers do is point us to the unmet need that exists in us. Number 12, when fundamental attachment needs are unmet in us as children, we become ashamed of them and shut them down. Number 13, so at that moment when we are triggered, we can ask ourselves, what do we need that is unmet at that moment? And we can reassure ourselves and ask ourselves, how can we get that thing? Number 14, we have to change our internal representation so that we can have a different experience. Number 15, slow down. It will help you to orient yourself and find your place of calm. And that is almost it. <laughs> the last point, when you are on your healing journey and something triggers you, it can take you back to that experience which was caused by the trauma. And you may be questioning why you are still so affected when you are already so far along your healing journey. It is understanding the energetic charge of the experience that this is the thing that is causing you to feel so affected by the trigger understanding that this emotional explosion is grounded in the past and that this is not your present 
and then finding reminders in your present to create to create the that was then this is now and establish that difference is where you can draw strength from in those moments and also just remember in those moments don't beat yourself up and have an expectation that you are at such a point in your healing journey that you shouldn't be experiencing these kinds of triggers anymore just accept that they're still rising up on you and then work through it by allowing yourself to remember that the emotional charge comes from your past and and that, and that reassuring yourself that your present is different from your past can help you move forward from that emotionally charged triggered moment sooner when you have an understanding of it. And it can also really help you in your communication, in your relationships with others who don't perhaps understand why this emotionally charged reaction has happened when you're being triggered by something. So just having that understanding can really help you to communicate this with the people who are in your life and allow them to be more understanding of what you're going through in those moments and allow them to be more supportive towards you and also just as importantly allow them to be more empathetic towards you so I hope that this episode helps you I hope that you've got lots of great tips and takeaways to help you on your healing journey and just know that um, I'm here for you and I encourage you to explore what Deirdre Fay has to offer I encourage you to get her book and I encourage you to stay on your recovery path all right sending you lots of love We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another 
and if you need to try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on, to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side, who share their stories and insights, as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.